Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, is the streaming world doomed with Doom Patrol? Get ready for a new side to Star Wars and it's time to catch the plane ride from hell. All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos welcome to the pop culture cosmos and we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos this is gerald glassford from pop culture cosmos game source inside sports fantasy football and the lakers fast break we truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows and if you can please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, and of course, Pop Culture Cosmos, not only everywhere you can find us on social media, but also our good friends at Retro City Games. And if you're in the Henderson or Las Vegas area, I've got great news for you. Head on over to Retro City Games. They've got a lot of great deals. They've got great supply on all the video games that are out there, stuff from previous generations, plus the current ones as well. Not only that, if you want to go in and trade in your stuff, they're giving a 70% credit on that. 70% credit. That's one of the highest amounts that they've ever done. 70% credit. Go ahead, check it out. Retro City Games on Las Vegas Boulevard and also their great store in Henderson. Go ahead, trade in up to 70% credit. They're doing right now until the end of the month at Retro City Games. But it wouldn't be a pop culture cosmos without my good friend. He's our own Doom Patrol of Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com. Of course, all the things he does for Humanic Media, including Topic Opocalypse and the Super BS Gamescast. It is my good friend. It is Josh Peterson. What's up, man? I am doing pretty good. I am. I heard you checked out Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I took my girls this weekend to it. It is number one at the box office for the third weekend in a row, closing in on the domestic leader. It may be by the end of next week the number one movie of the year in the United States and over $320 million worldwide. It's kicking butt out there, my friend, but you had a chance to see it this weekend. Did it kick butt for you? It did. I'm going to be very controversial here, and I'm going to say... Gee, that's not a stretch. <laughs> it's my top two Marvel film. My oldest daughter, my super Marvel friend, I told her to take some time, because she came out of there saying it was the best that she's ever seen. And I was like, take your time, let it breathe, mm-hmm. take your time. But she's really happy with it as well. And my other daughter, my youngest daughter... She's an okay Marvel fan. She likes What If, but not all the everything that Marvel dishes out. She really liked it as well. 
so me and my oldest daughter went to go see it in IMAX, and she was pretty blown away by it too. Like she she really enjoyed it. So we've been trying to watch all the Marvel films. We just finished Black Panther last week, so now we got to do Infinity War and so on and so forth. But you know, luckily there weren't many spoilers in this as to what happened in those films. But no, no, I mean, just if you look at let's say the signage as he's going into his apartment, do you really get a clue of what's going on? Yeah, right. Yeah, and so like I I really enjoyed it. Like I don't know if this is okay to say, but it had like a, this this neat and like rush hour vibe to it, where like he would get in these brawls and like they were almost they were serious, but they're almost like kind of funny to watch at the same time. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it, it it makes perfect sense. I mean, what I said before in the past, I thought there was like a in that first half there was a little bit of Enter the Dragon meets mm-hmm. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. But I also want to add a lot of influence from Jackie Chan. And I think that's what you're talking about right yeah. there, especially the skyscraper scene. But right. to me, I mean, that first half is really, really, really good. Uh, to me, the second half is, may not be as strong, in my opinion, as what you think it is. But still, it is really, really good in that first half. Yeah, and I love that they don't waste a lot of time with exposition. You know, they, they, they don't waste time. That doesn't mean there is no exposition. They take the exposition... Yeah. And they sprinkle it. I think they it. could have used a little tiny bit more in the beginning. Well, they yeah. they sprinkle it throughout the rest of the film, so you don't technically find out like what happens to the mom and how the dad went crazy until about 40, yeah. 45 hour and a half in, maybe like so, somewhere in the middle of the film, in the climax, you start to like really understand like why these characters are the way they are. I did really love the connections to the the MCU. They were there, but they didn't rely on them. You know, like the whole thing with like Wong and Abomination. That was not what I thought it was going to be. I thought that they were just hanging out, but it turns out Wong is training Abomination. And that makes me wonder, what are they being trained for? Are they going to be using Abomination in, uh, what's your name, the Seinfeld Ladies uh, Avenger group? or Oh, the Dark Adventures, or the Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts, you know, I think, yeah. Val, you're talking about, a.k.a. Madam Hydra in the mm-hmm. comic books. Yeah, so, I mean, is that what's going to happen, or is there something bigger at play? Is is something going to happen? A banner and Abomination will take over as, like, the new Hulk? I don't know. We'll see what happens, but... He is going to be, by the way, in in the She-Hulk series. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've that's what I've been reading. Yeah, I l- really like the dynamic of Aquafina. Like, I I was not, I w- I've always been annoyed by her, but like in this movie, I started to like really settle into her role. I wish uh, I could have gotten the same thing because I really like Aquafina as an actress before a lot of great stuff. In fact, my number one movie or close to it, number one or number two, I think of 2019 was The Farewell. And I think she gave a tremendous performance, and I said it on the show at that time. Mm-hmm. I thought she wasn't given anything really to do outside of the ending. I thought she should have been given a lot more. I just, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I got just that feeling. I, I just think that she's so talented. I think that she should have been given much more to do, and yeah. she wasn't. Yeah, no, I, is she, I mean, yeah, she was. And you could tell they're trying to, like, figure out what to do with her as the way they refer to, like, not you, but both of you in that post credit scene like you both have a big road ahead of you so they're they're obviously trying to make a place for her and who knows maybe her role will expand but yeah i mean i I get what you said and i think that the having her shoot the dragon in the throat thing was like sorry spoilers for anyone listening was like i guess a sort of a cheap way to like make her character significant when there was probably a lot more she could have done but maybe this movie's just her like 
figuring out her her place in all this, and now she's gonna start becoming more and more like cool, like, not cool, yeah, but like and she's gonna pop up all over the place yeah, and become more relevant. Right, that way, so. right, exactly. Yeah. One thing I want to ask you is what really made this movie special. Again, the great first half, the martial arts tributes, the martial arts styles, tremendous, especially mm-hmm. in that first half. The second half for me was a little bit too CG, but the tremendous performances of Simu Liu as Shang-Chi and Tony Leung as, well, he's not the Mandarin, but you know, he is the bad guy in this, in this, in this Is film. he a bad guy though? He's a tragic, yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's a tragic uh, character. I mean, a thousand I years of villainy and yeah, I mean, at the end they want to humanize him. And of course they did a good job in that. These two, really drove this film they really drove this film and mm-hmm. if people have a positive reaction it's because of those two i really think yeah no i i agree with you like i think the the dad was definitely like i don't think his ending was was good but i think everything that led up to that point was you really felt for this character he is and everyone always argues that thanos was a tragic villain but i think this guy was a true example of what a tragic villain can be right like mm-hmm. he was seduced by that voice on the other side of the wall you know where the creatures are being kept what's kind of cool to me is now they've opened up not only their multiverse but they've opened up the dimensions right the the to Lao, and then forget the name of the city where iron fist comes from but they they even reference like hey you have the power of the heart of our dragon in you and like that's where iron fist's power come from too so if you read the iron fist and and shang chi comics like you see all these worlds like even in the last run of iron fist Okoye from Black Panther, she got the power of one of the the seven dragons, and uh, you know she was doing some cool things with it. So it's just cool that now we have this multiverse and these dimensions. It, it's cool that all this stuff has opened up. So I'm I'm wondering if we're gonna see like an eventual crossover of all these these big ideas that are starting to be opened. Maybe in some secret wars, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I mean, we have that in credit scene, right, where Wong is. uh, They're breaking down the the rings, and you see the ring is calling. The rings are calling out to somebody. I just wish they would have told us where those rings came from. And I'm sure. Well, I'm sure because of the fact that there's a beacon at the very end that's calling out that you know when it was activated by Shang Chi and it was transferred over from his father to him, the Ten Rings. And that beacon was set off. Uh, I think mm-hmm. that you're going to find out maybe the origins. Maybe it leads into the Eternals. You never know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, also, I don't know if you saw the Eternals preview they showed during that movie. And it looked like they were sporting straight up Galactus in that movie. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Who do you guys answer to? And it showed the being with like the sp- the the gala- Galactus the style spikes coming out of its head. So I'm curious, yeah. man. I'm wondering, wondering what things are going on here. Allegedly, the Eternals is going to like change the whole fabric of the Marvel Universe, so that'll be interesting. That will be interesting to see. I mean, that one I've still been on the fence on. Uh, I'm I'm not 100% into it like I was Shang-Chi. You are the exact opposite. That You were with me, and then you were kind of maybe on the fence with Shang-Chi. You were really interested in the Eternals. So I, I'm still kind of on the fence on the Eternals. I'm hoping this will click and really get going because... I understand it's their deal that they weren't supposed to interfere with human affairs, but, you know, come on, the galaxy, uh, you know, snapped away and half uh, right there on a snap. So half the galaxy gone. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. I come got on. you. I know, man. Oh, on a side. It is a bit of a stretch, don't you think? 
Yeah, yeah, I don't I yeah, it is. It is, I suppose. I don't know. Like I'm sure all will be explained as it always is and whether it's a big chunk of dialogue or an entire movie as Marvel seems to do, you know, tying those loose ends together. Side story though, when we were <laughs> we were watching the movie and they showed a trailer for the new James Bond movie, my daughter goes Who's James Bond? And I'm sitting there thinking, like, what a great question. How do you describe who James Bond is to a seven-year-old? That's a good question. Just basically, Super Spy has been a franchise that's been around since the 1960s, early 1960s. Yeah. That's the best you can say. It's really tough to explain to a seven-year-old what he really does in yeah, these movies right. because then it goes into beyond what seven-year-olds yeah, Exactly. Do. So basically, I just looked at him like, well, he's like a... A super-powered police officer. And she goes, there oh, go. okay. Yeah, there you go. That's probably the best way to say it. But <laughs> I'm glad that you enjoyed thoroughly Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Mm. If you want to find out where I have Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, as of now, I'm still thinking about it. I've seen this for a second time. I may tweak it. But right now, I have it right there for you on my popculturecosmos.com article. If you just type in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the search bar, it comes up. It is the Gerald Glassford Pop Culture Cosmos Guide to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it has my entire 1 to 25 listing of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which one thinks the best, which one thinks the worst. It's in there. It's in the running. I'll tell you what, I enjoyed my time with it, and I know Josh did as well. So Josh has some really high praise for it. Share us your thoughts out there. It's number one three weeks in a row. Please let us know your thoughts on Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. We'd love to hear it. Pop Culture Cosmos at yahoo.com or pop culture cosmos on facebook at pop culture cosmo twitter anywhere you find us on social media we'd love to hear your thoughts can i oh. just ask one more question this is full sure. spoiler territory yeah, what and then we'll go to the break after that what's up okay what happened in the final end credit scene i was about to pee myself so i had to get up and go after that first one what happened in the last final credit scene well, you remember Shang-Chi mentioned that, in passing, that his sister was supposedly just cleaning up the final effects of leftover from the Ten Rings and just basically disbanding it, he thought, in his opinion, yeah. you know, was, was what was going on. Well, she was cleaning up in the, in the end credit scene, but then she gets uh, a word from Mr. Bladearm, you know, you know, the guy at the big guy with a with the, mm-hmm. you know a t- detachable blade in his arm and he says okay it's time and then she goes out there and then you see that not only is she not disbanding the 10 rings she's improving upon it with not only males but females now as far oh, as the words are concerned okay. so the last words you see on the screen are the 10 rings will continue Oh, got it. Okay. I'm sure that there's probably a bigger thing in mind ahead for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Indeed. But it's very intriguing to see what's going to happen in the world of Shang-Chi. I'm sure that there's going to be sequels. Obviously, Simu Liu will be all over the place in the MCU and become a major force. Because the movie's been such a hit, I see nothing but success going forward for The Legend of the Ten Rings. Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. Big on America. Hey guys, this is Jason Dutch with Dig on America Podcast, and I'm here with Big Hops. And I'm also here with 
Mikey Famine. Dig on America here. We explore how American history, policies, and sometimes even our pop culture created the social and political issues facing Americans today. You can check out our website, digonamerica.com. We're on every single audio podcast app there is out there, Pandora, Spotify, etc. Subscribe on YouTube. You can check us out on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash DOA podcast. Hopefully you'll listen to the show, guys. Dig on America. But my friend, there's still much more to talk about on today's program. This is the latest intro I've ever had for the show, but I wanted to give everybody a heads up what we got on tap for the rest of the program, including Star Wars Visions. That comes out this week. We'll talk about that. Diablo 2 Resurrected. That's going to be revived this week to video game outlets. Lord of the Rings has a new mobile game on the way. What does it really do for us? I will go ahead and tell you what it does for us later in the program. I have a rant coming up based off the news that was made this week on various Hollywood outlets in regards to not one but two upcoming video games. And the video game movie, which we've said on here many, many times, should take precedent above any other. We'll explain that coming up later in the show as well. Plus, also, we got John Orlando back from the PVD cast, one of our big experts on the world of professional wrestling. He and I both caught Vice's return for the rest of season three in this episode. is probably one of the most controversial. It's the plane ride from hell about the 2002 plane ride back from Europe for the crew of the WWE at that time. A lot of things went on, a lot of nefarious things, a lot of unfortunate things. And we'll talk about that episode and some of the fallout, which has been some pretty big fallout on the show as well. But first, my friend, it is Doom Patrol Season 3. It's coming out this week to HBO Max. I know we always try to put it in a triangle between Umbrella Academy, The Boys, and Doom Patrol. Which show is better? Because each has its own set of fans, plus also fans that cross over to all three. I think I'm leaning towards the latter. I think of the three, if you were telling me I could only watch one, I would probably say by a hair it would be The Boys. But I've seen all three. I've enjoyed my time with all three. This is, how should I say, the quirkiest of all these three shows? I mean, they are all they all have their nuances. They all have their quirks. They all are out there. But I think of the three, I think this is the one that's more comedic and even more out there than any of the others. I don't know. It's weird. So I, I'll watch Umbrella Academy, but I don't enjoy Umbrella Academy, if that makes sense. Like, I, I like that I'm watching it and the story's good, but the characters just get like they're so pre- they become so predictable with Doom Patrol. The characters are so weird and quirky that you don't you can't really predict what their trajectory is going to be or what they're going to say. And uh, Doom Patrol is a show that always keeps me on my toes the boys is just I, I don't know it, it's enjoyable but it in small doses to me like uh, i will watch the season but i will not like i don't it takes me a long time to get through a season of the boys so i mean of the three i do enjoy doom patrol the most wow there you go all right see yeah i mean as far as the the show coming up coming it sounds like you watch the trailer they're already going to be going back in time and manipulating things because time variances and multiverses and things of that nature seem to be the new thing for all these superhero shows again it is the most quirky show i think of the three it has garnered a lot of praise before in the past 
where do you want to see this show go? Because it seemingly has no bounds. Yeah, and that's that's what makes kind of I guess guessing where it's going to go so difficult because it's it's so unpredictable and it is without bounds. What I would like to see is a I would like to see Brendan Fraser in the uh, the DCU. Like I would like to see his character do something on the big screen. Like I I just I want to see his return to the big screen and his Doom Patrol character is kind of the to me the more the star of the show. Yeah. And that's I don't think it started out that way, but it certainly seemingly is like that now. I think it's led to a revival of Brendan Fraser's career oh, absolutely. after a lot of issues during the past uh, decade. So I think yeah. that now he's he's on track. He's getting a lot of better he's getting a lot better roles once he's, again he, and mm-hmm. I look forward to seeing him more, but yeah, this I think his role in Doom Patrol has really helped him to get become relevant once again. He's like Keanu Reeves. Like all of a sudden he's like the internet's really rallying behind anything he does now because you know, he was kind of blacklisted from Hollywood for a while and now everyone's kind of like on his through no fault of his own. Through no fault of his you, own, exactly. If you if know you the story. Follow the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I, I think that if Brendan Fraser honestly and like this might sound bias but i think if brendan fraser wasn't in that show i don't know if a third season would have happened that's a good point that's a good point but i'll tell you what i'm excited for doom patrol season three again it is still one of the best shows that's out there i hope people get a chance to check it out it is something that i think a lot of people especially if you're an hbo max subscriber and if you are or if you're looking to get into it right now, HBO Max for the next six months, I think is half off because they're leaving Amazon and all the Amazon channels. So they're expected to lose, I think, about five to six oh, million geez. subscribers. Why, why is that? It's about money. When they don't say it's about money, it's about money. Well, so. Amazon's basically sending people to them, though. Like, you're still paying the full price yeah, even when you subscribe just, through Amazon. It's weird. It's, it is weird, but again, I think it's about who gets what amount of cut. They could not come to agreement. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, in, all, in the end, it's always about money. So I will Jeez. say that right now, if you are looking to get a good deal on the streaming service, HBO Max for the next six months is half off to try and get you in there to try and lure you back into HBO Max. So now is a great time to get it because not only will you get Doom Patrol Season 3, you're going to get Dune. You're going to get the Matrix Resurrections. You're going to get all this great stuff. Cry Macho, if you're interested in Clint Eastwood. Unfortunately, that bombed at the theaters, but I think it might have done well on, on HBO Max. You never know. I mean, that's just came out as well. So a lot of great things right now on HBO Max. So please, if you're interested at all in HBO Max, right now is the best time to get it because, again, it's gone half off for the next six months. What are your thoughts out there on Doom Patrol Season 3? Please share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, before we hit the break, my friend, Star Wars Visions and another streaming service, because that's all we seem to talk about these days, our streaming services. Disney Plus is going to debut a new side of the Star Wars empire, for lack of a better word, and obviously the pun intended there. It's Star Wars Visions. This is something that really intrigues me, my friend. I'm not a huge anime follower or anime fan, as I've told you before. 
if you start off your life in anime and the first thing you see is Akira, everything from it is like almost a step down. Uh, yeah, I've been debating buying that 4K Blu-ray for a while, but uh, I mean, it's it's just so hard for is, yeah. for me over the years. Now that my daughter's my youngest daughter is into it with Demon Slayer, I'm getting more and more into anime once again. I really think that got me back into anime. But let's get into Star Wars Visions. I mean, nine different directors going through this the the whole series it's nine episodes i think they're all dropping on the same day september 22nd so you'll be able to see them all right there for you what are your thoughts on this man because i am really intrigued if you see the trailer you get to see the different styles i am really intrigued by what star wars has to offer with star wars visions yeah i'm i'm curious too because i know it's tales from all over the star wars universe yeah, it looks cool. I mean, the from what I've seen, the animation looks cool. The only thing that gets me down about things like this, and this is what we saw with like Animatrix and the Batman Gotham, whatever it was. You remember when that came out before Batman Begins? Yes. It was like all these different anime directors take on that universe. They all kind of like told the same stories, though, you know, and the Animatrix was just so dark. So like, I'm just hoping that this anthology, I guess you can call it, would be like um. I don't know, something would spark that that love of Star Wars that, you know, I had as a kid that would like these since these are kind of standalone stories, like I could sit there and watch this and I could just feel that that thing in your chest, you know, when you're like being taken to a galaxy far, far away and just sense the wonder and amazement of this universe. I want to feel that again. And I'm hoping that this will do that for me. I'm hoping that'll do it for myself as well. I'm, I'm really excited to see where this takes us. And as, I'm excited to see fresh new looks at a storied franchise. It's always great to see when we get to witness a new perspective on this universe. Yeah. And with the Mandalorian, we saw it and look how successful it's done and what it's branched off as. And we're going to be seeing a ton of star Wars streaming stuff coming on the way, but I'm very intrigued to see how the anime world, the anime companies out there, the anime stars that are out there, how they view and appreciate the Star Wars universe and trying to bring their own excellence to it. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm really excited because it just shows to me that there are different ways you can approach a standard IP like this. In fact, I would love to, you know, we're seeing with What If, you know, an animated version of What If, and there's, uh, you know, an animated version of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we have seen numerous animated stuff for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but never quite like that. Yeah, It's been hit or miss. This most recent episode, I actually kind of liked the one with Killmonger saving Tony Stark. Let's say Marvel did an anime an anime series anthology like that wouldn't that be kind of cool as well it would be cool i know they, they did something with wolverine and the x-men remember there's an anime based on that they had one for wolverine one for blade one for the x-men and that, that oh, that's was cool yeah yeah that was pretty neat like i i enjoyed that it would have been nice if they tackled some stories that hadn't been done already but i was i was pretty intrigued by that like i wouldn't mind seeing something for like spider-man and you know whatever else is out there that they feel would be tell a good story and be connected well enough well i'm very intrigued to see what star wars visions is going to be like when it comes out this week september 22nd if you're a Disney Plus subscriber, you're really going to be in, I think, for a treat. I really think you should sit down and give it a chance. I know Star Wars The Bad Batch, that some people were really into it, some people weren't. For me, it was kind of like, it's there. I'll get to finish it when I can. 
but I really think this is going to hold my attention. And again, I think all these episodes, they're shorts. They're not exactly long features or anything like that. These will drop on September 22nd. I'm really looking forward to it and seeing what happens with Star Wars Visions. What are your thoughts out there on Star Wars Visions? We'd love to hear your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, before we hit the break, my friend, did you get a chance to check out the Hawkeye trailer as of yet? I didn't get a chance to I did, yeah. It had a very, like, diehard feel to it. Yes. You know, everything's happening around Christmas, all the action. He's getting punched and, and captured. And, and I didn't explosions. mention Home Alone. Home Alone, I think, had a little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, I mean, hey, why not? You know, like, I wasn't... I So... I haven't seen Loki yet. Haven't watched What If, but uh, you know Hawkeye is one of those things. We're like, sure, maybe I'll I'll jump into it. I'm I'm intrigued enough by the trailer to kind of see what's what. Seemingly, everyone wants to kill Hawkeye, so he's in for a lot of stuff going on in I think mid November, if I'm not mistaken, on Disney Plus. Kind of intrigued to see where that series will go. Obviously, as he not only runs for, for his life and tries to defend himself from everybody out there that kind of after him and whatnot, but also wanted to go ahead and point out that it's going to be a passing of the torch to Haley Steinfeld. As we talked about earlier about the dark Avengers or the Thunderbolts being created as a series or mo upcoming movie. I think also, though, we got to talk about how the young Avengers are being built from the ground up as well. Yeah, the Young Avengers, I mean, that'll be interesting to see how they do that, because if, if I remember correctly, like their story is shaped around a very tragic event in the uh, Marvel Universe. So I'll be interested in how they bring that to life. As am I, my friend, as am I. But we're looking forward to some great things coming up with the Hawkeye series. What are your thoughts out there on the Hawkeye series? Please share us your thoughts on the Hawkeye series. Are you excited for it? Do you think this will be finally the type of thing that will get Hawkeye and elevate him as a character? Because I know there's always been mixed returns over the past decade, but we want to hear your thoughts on the Hawkeye series, PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, it is John Orlando from the PVD cast. He and I are going to share thoughts on the latest episode of The Dark Side of the Ring from Vice, and that is on the WWE's Plane Ride from Hell. We're going to talk about that infamous plane ride from Europe back to the United States, some of the things that went down, some of the fallout that's happened since, and really all the intrigue that went into it, and whether or not it was a good episode. We're going to talk about that coming up after the break. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Okay, wait, wait, I, I can go invisible, right? Because this is, this is the absolute worst. You can so, certainly try. Okay, so that is, um, uh, that's uh, obvination? Ob 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 <laughs> Close Obvus enough. Ovulation? It's obfuscation. Roll your dice. Okay. So I didn't get anything over a five, but you that can... You are still naked. Oh, God. The music stops and everyone is looking directly at you, oh. judging. Oh, God. This is... The Prince of the City looks very disappointed in you. Okay, this is worse than the dreams that I have about being naked at work. There has to be something that I can do. Vampires in Vitae, a Vampire the Masquerade actual play podcast. Season two, coming soon to Pop Culture Cosmos. All right, and we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. I really wouldn't want to talk to this guy ever since <laughs> I saw the episode because Vice has returned with part two of its season three. I think they're showing another eight episodes, if I'm not mistaken. So it's going to be 16 in all for season three. But they're now showcasing the back portion of 
their list of episodes. And Vice's Dark Side of the Ring starts off as far as this second half. They throw these these really juicy subjects out of people, and this latest episode touches on the infamous 2002 plane ride from hell. It was actually after the pay-per-view insurrection. Heading back to the United States was a private plane that Vince McMahon chartered for his wrestlers, and he was on it along with several other notable wrestlers. And here today to talk about that infamous plane ride from hell is a good man indeed who is not on it, but would love to talk about it anyways. <laughs> It is the man behind the PVD cast. you got to check out all the great episodes, including his most recent one, which touches on a lot of things going on as far as injuries, hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, it was really, really very moving as far as it's concerned. I'll have him elaborate on that before we go ahead and get on out. And that is John Orlando. John, great to have you back as one of our main resources in the world of professional wrestling. I know you saw the episode. <sighs> Yes. Even then, you get more details on it. The first thing I want to ask you, though, that I'm kind of gray on, was Tommy Dreamer on that flight? You know, that is a question that I asked because not only him, but they mentioned The Undertaker. They mentioned that Jericho was on that tour. Were they on that flight or did they take another flight? Or were they staying behind to do press, you know, for another tour or whatnot? Yeah, they're... There I mean, was Jericho, some... he, was, he narrates throughout the entire thing. So I have a feeling if he was on that flight, he would have been more specific and expressive about it. Right. I, I don't know. I don't know if Tommy Dreamer was on that flight. It's, it's, it, you're made to believe that he was? Okay. <laughs> Tommy Dreamer himself shot himself in the foot. I, I, I'm just going to say it. I mean, Well, that's some of the fallout. But we'll get into the yeah. details on that at the back end. But I do want to mention that this was a very infamous plane ride because the wrestlers that are on it, I can go off of starting with Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Obviously, Vince McMahon was talked about, JR, Jim Ross. Uh, they talked about Scott Hall being on there, just incredible. PJ Polanco, mm-hmm. that's his real name, he was on there. There was Kurt Henning, Brock Lesnar, a very young Brock Lesnar. And that's going to be a key point as well. So, I mean, there was all these name wrestlers on. There was about 50 individuals, I think, involved on that. And it was something that, again, as you watch the episode and as you understand what's going on as far as that period of time, there were stewardesses harassed and accosted. The allegations were there, and I think they were seemingly very much founded. In fact, the the WWE settled with uh, at least two of those stewardesses. In fact, one was bravely on the show telling her side of the story on the show and i give her a lot of credit for that and it really just shows a true dark side of the ring i mean vice has been accused of going tabloid and showing you stuff but again with professional wrestling behind the scenes it gets pretty dark and i think there's not too many more instances there's maybe a couple more there's maybe a couple out there that are darker but there's not too many more instances that it gets darker than this plane ride from hell Yeah, and there's so many questions still coming out of it because there were some things that I was unaware of. Like, for an example, you've mentioned his name now twice. Vince McMahon is on the plane, and I did not know that. I was unaware of that. You know, I'd heard of all the other things that went on, you know, cutting off Michael Hayes' ponytail and the, the, the exposing yourself to the stewardesses and... You know, all the other stuff that went on. I, I was unaware of the whole situation between Dustin Rhodes and, and Terry Reynolds and how that was a part of it. So you'll learn some new things. But I think that, I mean, the bottom line is this turned into a train wreck of a situation that my girlfriend asked, Vince McMahon's on the plane. Why did he not do anything? Exactly. It's, it's painted to be that 
he's Jim Ross, go tell go tell them to behave. It was kind of like, I don't know, I'm gonna pull it from my childhood. You knew that maybe in the instance of my household, hey, mom's coming to tell you to behave. The next person that's coming to tell you and ain't gonna be really nice about it is dad because you're still goofing off. You know what I mean? And yeah. to me, I'm like, why wasn't that the scenario? Why wasn't it Jim Ross went back? He couldn't get things under control. Vince and him go back and say, it stops now or else you're fired when you get off the plane. Exactly. I found that to be just mind-blowing. And what is more mind-blowing was the fact that they were delayed for seven hours on the tarmac because of weather and whatnot. They, in the seven hours, not one liquor cart was emptied. Not two liquor cart was emptied, but three liquor carts were emptied and nobody seemingly gave warning signs to Vince McMahon or anyone that's, hey, you know what? These guys have been just loaded up on liquor. We need to just stop this right now. We need to do something. I think for me, the blame goes to Vince McMahon. He was there on that flight. Him and Linda McMahon were there. So if everybody is afraid of Vince McMahon, you said it perfectly. Why didn't he just come out there early on to say, you know what, if you mess up, you're fired. Well, and here's my other thing that, and this does, I mean, this happens all the time to just normal folk. I don't understand why an airline would keep you on a tarmac for more than an hour. Like, I find that to be infuriating. I hope I, it, it never happens to me. Because private I, plane. Yeah, and, and that's the other, the other icing on the cake. This is a private plane. It's not like you have to wait and unload 200 other people, you know, regular Joes. Yeah, it's a private plane. Like, oh, you're not going to take off for a while. Go park the plane. Everybody get off. Go go hang out. Relax. Go take a nap on the floor or whatnot. I don't – like, to me, I, I've never understood that policy, and you hear about it, you know. Uh, you know, Southwest Airlines had a plane on the tarmac for four hours. Why? Why not just park that bad boy and let people deboard and get off and not be – because that only breeds hostility. That only breeds malcontent. You know, in this case, drunkenness is what it bred. Absolutely. Again, uh, just amazing that they can empty three liquor carts. I shouldn't be that surprised because these are pro wrestlers and, you know, the stories of all the pro wrestling parties and stuff they did behind the scenes at the clubs and whatnot is infamous, especially when it comes to Ric Flair. And, you know, there's some serious things that went on that Ric Flair, I guess, you know, nothing was ever brought to him as far as repercussions from it until now, until recently, because the fallout from this episode is almost as interesting as the plane ride itself because the statements, like you said, Tommy Dreamer, who I I don't even think he was actually on the flight. I just think he's one of those supporting voices because Scott Hall and some other individuals who were on that flight that have actually appeared on the series in the past did not want to appear on, on this episode. Gee, I wonder why. But in regards to this, Tommy Dreamer said some things that were very insensitive and that were seemingly just very off the mark when it comes to what was done and what was perpetrated allegedly by the nature boy, Ric Flair, your thoughts on this, his fallout was that he got suspended from impact wrestling. So he might've lost his job there. He also might've lost his job with Sirius XM because he was a radio host there. He has since apologized and made a public apology earlier today. Your thoughts on this situation. Then we're going to go into nature boy, Ric Flair himself. I feel that as I was watching it in the very first time Tommy Dreamer was on and he was making a joke or tried to make a joke about, oh, people are offended by my hairstyle. Right then, Gerald, I'm like, if he continues with this type of like bad comedy, this is not going to go well. And then when he just, to paraphrase, kind of downplayed the severity of 
of what allegedly Ric Flair has done. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is not going to be. I was not at all surprised Friday morning when I got up and the news broke about the suspensions and everything. I was not surprised at all. I, I don't understand how an individual who may feel a certain way in, t- in 2021 goes, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead, even though this is an unpopular opinion, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Like, I don't. That, it baffles me. I I I want to I want to believe that there's some CTE issues or something with Tommy Dreamer that might explain this. But bottom line is, I mean, he he's messed up, and and I think that his track record in the past maybe have have, have helped things because I I've heard with my own two ears various interviews where he talks about you know the wild side of wrestling and that he kind of loved that part about pro wrestling, and I don't think that helps matters when you have that out there as public record and then you go on and, and say very insensitive stuff. So I don't know. I, I don't know if he deserves to lose his job forever. Um, you know, because again, he did express an opinion. Um, I'm not sure that even though it's, it's a horrible opinion. Um, I don't know if he deserves to be completely canceled from our society and not to have a job ever again. Um, I feel Ric Flair, on the other hand, deserves repercussions because there's not been any repercussions ever. And I know allegedly he has said that that didn't happen. He has categorically denied that this happened. But I think that when you have several people come out and sue and say you were the culprit, I think that there's a lot of... um, I don't know what the word is. There's Plus, he a lot. said a lot of these things in the past about Space Mountain, parting, parting, and whatnot. I mean, his reputation yeah. has already preceded him. Yeah. In fact, they even alluded to that, that this is what he does to a person, and it crosses that line, which allegedly it did, then you should suffer some type of punishment. And it's going to affect him now because he was the, going to be the national spokesman for carshield.com, and it doesn't look like that's going to take place. That advertising campaign has been suspended. And I have a feeling now it's going to be a situation where, like you said, even his stature in the business might be hampered going forward. And if that's the case, it deservedly so. I mean, because mm-hmm. uh, obviously he didn't get the repercussions. Some other individuals, Kurt Henning was fired for his altercation and play fighting and almost jeopardizing the entire plane with trying to wrestle Brock Lesnar. You have a situation where Scott Hall he acted very inappropriately and he was fired. I mean, the episode really goes into detail into it. And I think it's one of the better episodes in the series, but yeah. And it's also going to end up hurting the series vices, dark side of rain, because wrestlers are going to be less available Mm -hmm. or very hesitant to talk about it because they don't want to get canceled in their turn. And this is going to sound like a joke, but I'm being dead serious about this. Does it have ramifications for Charlotte flair? I mean, will WWE now drop the flair name? She's just Charlotte. Go back to the way it was oh so many years ago. Does that impact her? Yeah, we'll see what the fallout is from this. But yeah, it's just very interesting to see how it was dealt with at that time, how it's being dealt with now. And we'll see what happens. But John, any final thoughts on the plane ride from hell? Well, I think it was eye-opening with the new information that we got. I feel bad for Jim Ross. I feel that um, some people on Twitter, on social media are blaming him. I think the man did his job. There's only so much you can do. And I, again, we'll go back and circle back to what we said at the beginning of this. Vince could have helped that situation. 
Vince should have helped that situation. But again, it's it's one of those dark chapters in pro wrestling history. You know, I guess one of the things that they did say, at least this generation, has kind of learned from that. So I think in terms of the WWE, I think that they have maybe hopefully learned a little bit from this and the new generation of stars, you know, the the new days and the John Cena's and all the other folks, the Rollins, the Reigns, all of them have managed to be decent people. Once again, it's John Orlando from the PVD cast. Check out his awesome show, the PVDcast.com, and also wherever you get your podcasts. Before we head on out and land this plane ride from hell, you got to go ahead and tell me, my friend, exactly what's going on at the PVD cast. Well, this week we have a very interesting guest, a filmmaker named Michael Messner, who is a hockey coach, a dad, a hockey enthusiast, and a filmmaker. He created a documentary called First Year Checking. It follows his son as he goes into that 12 to 13 year old, which I believe is the Bantam division of youth hockey where you learn to throw a check. He proposes that there's a very, very big controversy as to when you should teach children to check in hockey. He presents both sides of the argument. Should we have checking in youth hockey? Should we not? It was pretty eye-opening. So definitely check it out. Uh, Again, as you said, it's at pvdcast.com or wherever you find podcasts. But John, just great to have you on the show. Thank you again for coming on short notice. You're the man. You were, you were at the Monroe Pop Fest. <laughs> I was. You were I the was. star there. And look at you. You come over here and you help us out here. So we truly appreciate you talking about the plane ride from hell. Looking forward to talking more pro wrestling with you right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. And we're about to close out the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford along with my good friend, Mr. Josh Pearson from Humanica Media. Please, also, if you can, go ahead and check out his awesome book today, Congratulations, You Suck, today at Barnes & Noble or Amazon. Plus, also as well, we're the number one tabletop RPG streamer on Facebook. If you can go ahead, check us out, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. We had a great game earlier today. DM Mitch is at it again with running the great games on the weekend. Plus, we've got Destruction Force coming up on Monday. Melinda, Rob, they run great games. Victor runs a great game during the week as well. So please, when you get a chance, check us out, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, where you'll see all the latest news and information from the world of pop culture as well. But my friend, there's still much more to talk about on today's program. Wanted to hear your thoughts real quick on Diablo 2 Resurrected as it comes back to life. I mean, seemingly every classic game from the past is going to get remade at some point in time. Now is the time for Diablo 2 to come out as Diablo 2 Resurrected to try not only reach the same audience it did before that's still around playing games, but also a new audience as well. Do you think from what you've seen or what you've heard, you think it's going to do some of that? Maybe. I mean, it's hard to say with anything right now with Blizzard because of what's going on with their investigation and those allegations. But 
I know Diablo has always had a, a special place in people's hearts. I've never actually played Diablo. Like I, I have friends who have been big fans of it, and it seems to be something that people are excited about. But you know, again, like with all these boycotts going on, it's hard to say like how well this is going to do. I agree with you on that. Who knows what kind of interest there could be on it simply because of what's going on. I'm hoping that Diablo 2 Resurrected will be something that's when it becomes a good value that I'm going to go ahead and get and I'm going to appreciate it and enjoy. It could be fun. I just hope that like it, it gets a fair judgment knowing what's going on in the background. One other game I want to talk about, and we're going to go ahead and leave off with this before we go ahead on a rant that I have on upcoming movies that are being made. Lord of the Rings Rise to War is hitting mobile this week. And I mean, I... I don't know about the gameplay. I don't know anything about what's going to, I think it's a, one of those mobile games, real-time strategy. You know, you point and click or, you know, you just put it on your touch screen, blah, 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 blah. You know, we've seen that before. The trailers I've seen have no sign of gameplay anywhere. It's so funny because it basically just shows you a different angle of that. You know, you remember, obviously what well, you remember, but the original Lord of the Rings movie. Of course. Fellowship. Yeah. Yeah. And it shows that, you know, you remember the montage at the very beginning of Lord of the Rings? Yeah, yeah, the yeah, exposition yeah. before the exposition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and when Cate Blanchett goes ahead and tells you blah, 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 blah. This, basically, the the video, the trailer for this game, this mobile game that they released, is just showing you that same exact thing from a different vantage point. Just like if you were seeing it from different angles. So it really didn't do anything for me other than just yeah. saying, you know what, I just want to go see the movie again. But, right. You know, that again, it's a mobile game, but it really gets me going as far as thinking, okay, I understand there's a Gollum game coming out as far as for consoles sometime, maybe next year at the earliest. I understand that Shadows of Mordor had great success and Shadows of Mordor 2 did not have such great success. But I really think a hack and slash adventure game is setting in the Lord of the Rings. It's been done before, sometimes to success, sometimes to not. I really think it's about time we go back in the world with some characters once again. I'm not talking about Lord of the Rings online. I know that's still out there and people are playing, but I really love a full-fledged AAA adventure in the Lord of the Rings realm once again. Yeah. Not just golems. No, I mean, I, I think that this is the perfect time to make something like that. And I always loved the old Xbox, PS2 era Lord of the Rings games, though. Fellowship of the, I, Fellowship of the Ring was okay, but Re Two Towers and Return of the King were always pretty fun to play. And I, I guess, like, the best feature with those is Two that... Two Towers rocked. Two Towers is amazing. But my favorite feature with those games is the fact that you and your friends could play together. It wasn't online, but you could sit on the couch and they could just, like, press A and join. So, like, if, if we were to do a massive game like this, okay, I don't know if I would want, like, um, I wouldn't want an MMO RPG. I would want, like, a, a Borderlands-style game. Not not the animations and all the the jokes and all that, Just but player co-op. Yeah, but so, yeah, something where like your buddies can jump in and out as they please and bring all like their gear and progression along with them, and then get experience points as they're helping you with their quests that will carry over to their own game once they save their character. You gotta design games, man. What's up with that? This is like a this is a wish fulfillment game. Manica Media Studio. There you go. Team Warner Brothers. Man. Come on, man. Yeah. I know. What are your thoughts out there on Lord of the Rings? Are you excited to play the new mobile game Rise to War? Or would you like something meatier out of your Lord of the Rings video games? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com.
my friend has been a great episode but before we head on out i have got a rant my friend all right lay it on me uh hold on i gotta get on my soapbox here getting up on my soapbox this past week was a good time if you're a video game enthusiast because two video game movie adaptations are now seemingly in the works the first that was mentioned was based off the old series driver and if people don't remember that or people weren't aware of what driver series was was that it was one of the many 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 gta clones of the first decade of the 2000s and also they were trying to do it as well in the, in the next decade but there were many pretenders to the throne and a driver series by atari was one of them they're going to make a movie based off that so okay whatever Aww. they did need for speed it's going to have the relation to the fast and furious type deal that type of scenario okay whatever what are you going to do about that but the second one that came up was by sony signing anthony mackie into development on a twisted metal because he's going to play the role of sweet tooth twisted metal movie is what you can take it leave it i mean we've seen destruction neo apocalyptic type car smashing stuff like that before and destruction and all that that's fine whatever but what gets me is there's this great idea and in fact it's been tossed around in hollywood because we've actually seen it on henry cavill's instagram before and we've talked about it on the show that there's this great and novel video game series that people know out there would be an awesome a space epic like none other like very few video game adaptations for it it screams a series that would just be great you just throw this across the desk at Netflix and there should be no reason why Netflix shouldn't say, let's do it because it's a, it's been a hit series. It's been a much beloved series. It screams something that will cross over to a general audience. And that's the thing right behind me. And that's mass effect. And I know this is like our yearly, we need to go ahead and make another rant on mass effect movie once again, but I think I need to make another rant on a mass effect movie. Once again, my friend, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I it's it's something that needs to happen. I, I think what's pushing a lot of people away from and Twisted Metal is such a weird thing to make a movie out of. But I wonder if what's pushing people away from Mass Effect is this idea that it would be expensive. You know, it would be a very expensive and time-consuming endeavor. And we saw from Henry Cavill that maybe it's happening, maybe not. But uh, it definitely is something I would be excited for. But I just wonder if the price tag is what's pushing these studios away from it. Well, you saw him reading up on it, but that was several months ago. Was it almost a year ago now? I, it just—it's been a while. It's been a long time since that news leaked out, and everybody got to see. And uh, you know, we were so jazzed at that time that, that it could be a possibility happening. But now it's several months later, and nothing's happened as of yet. And I'm just kind of disappointed because of the fact that if I'm a financier or if I'm Netflix and I'm willing to throw out the cash for something I think that will get a great return. This is something that could capture a lot of people's imagination and not just gamers. This is something that, if done right, could garner a huge, massive audience. Sorry about the mass thing there. I put in there. <laughs> no, I, I agree, man. I definitely think it could. Like, it could take 
fans of like Star Trek and Lost in Space and even like Game of Thrones and create this Star uh, Wars. Star Wars. It could create this. It could be the next like big cult hit and it just would have to be done right, you know? And like, I don't think, as I've said before, I don't think it would work as a trilogy of movies. I think it would need to be something across a streaming network that would take maybe three or four seasons to, to fully come to life. I mean, you could do it as a trilogy movie set, but I th- I agree with you. I think you, if you started back before the events of Mass Effect, you went really into the first contact war and man's, you know, how did they find everything as far as the Protheans and all that? How did they find everything that's out there first? And you go into the first contact war and then you go into the, the books. Some of the books are really, really, really well done. I mean, the writer for the Mass Effect series early on also wrote some of the books, and they are really, really, really good. I can't I highly, highly recommend at least three of them are, are really, really, really good. So, I mean, if you go off of that, you could base some of the series off of that. You could splinter off into Fem Shep. You could do some stuff with her as far as on her own episodes. And if you want to just go ahead and make the male Shep the star of it, you can make the female Shepherd with her own series and, and you know, have her star there. And I don't know. It just sets itself for an entire universe of stuff. And it really is something that screams, screams streaming. And I just, yeah, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, we're, we're still seeing the effects of COVID on the whole movie making business. So maybe, you know, give it, give it a year or so. We'll be, we'll see a bigger probability that a Mass Effect show could be created. What are your thoughts out there on a Mass Effect movie or series? Is it something that you would love to see? Something you'd be interested in? We'd love to hear your thoughts. I know we go on this rant every three to six to nine months to a year, but it's that time again, especially with the announcements of Twisted Metal and Driver. You can share us your thoughts on those movies as well, but we really want to hear your thoughts on if a Mass Effect series or Mass Effect trilogy movies could work. Let us know, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. As always, I cannot thank you enough for stopping by and running the show as well as you do. We cannot thank everyone enough for watching us. Please check out our tabletop RPG streams over the course of the week and all the stuff that we do hit the cosmos. Any last thoughts on the way out? No, there was something that was in my head a second ago, and now... Oh, yeah, so Spyro the Dragon 4, I think it's called the Wings of Fury, was supposed to be announced during the Summer Game Fest, and it never was, and it's supposed to be released in November, but nothing's been said about it yet. So, do you think... Does this surprise you, really? No, it doesn't, but do you think that... It's supposed to be Spyro 4, so everything that came out after 3 is just side stories, but it's called Spyro 4... Wings of Fury, and do you think that we are going to see this game in light of people wanting more Crash Bandicoot and Sonic the Hedgehog? I'm sure we'll see it. Whether or not it's going to be something that's a hit, it's very hard to tell because these cute or light platformers, you don't really know what the audience is for it. I mean, Ratchet & Clank is one of the highest rated games of the year, Mm -hmm. and Sony recently said it sold a little over a million so far, but that's great and all, but when your PlayStation 5 base is, what, now over 10 million, I think, or something yeah. like that? I mean, that's just, you know, a little bit of there. And even though if it is the most popular PlayStation 5 game or that's out there, that's 
it's not saying a whole lot. No. And, you know, I know Psychonauts 2 has come out to great acclaim, but how well has that sold? Because there's a reason why Psychonauts 2 has come out decades after the first one. Yeah. Because, you know, even though it's been a cult hit, it's been, well, let's put it this way, a cult hit. So I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, these cuter platformer type deals, I don't know if there's still as large of an audience as there once was like back in the 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy them. Like, I would definitely play another Spyro the Dragon, but ever since they, like, added all those, like, cute fairy tale creatures in there, it hasn't really been the same as it was when I was a kid, you know, like the, the first Spyro. So I would still play it, and I would love to see it come out, but uh, I just the fact that it was slated for November and we still haven't heard anything about it, it makes me think that it'll probably be a while before we see anything like that if it ever happens at all well we'll see what happens my friend but as always it's been a great pleasure having you on the show as my fellow host doing this for years and years and years as we work together one more time we'll be back next week on the pop culture cosmos but check out later this week when we talk foundation on apple plus and melinda barkhouse and i will reflect on what's going on with the emmys we will go ahead and put up a link on the pop culture cosmos facebook page for all the winners for the emmys but we will talk the Emmy fallout and foundation on Apple Plus coming up later this week on the PCC Multiverse. But for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great. Dr. Geek here with another reminder that the ESO Network is pro-science and pro-vaccine. We urge you to be a superhero and protect yourself, your family, and your fellow geeks around the world. Don't be fooled by the forces of evil and their anti-science misinformation campaign. Consult the latest CDC guidelines, your doctor, and get the COVID vaccine today. Hey, Joe. Hey, Tony. Do you like ads about podcasts? You know it. How about ads about Doctor Who podcasts? Even better. Well, you're in luck, because this is an ad about a Doctor Who podcast. Wow, I love it. And you'll love us, the Watchathon of Rassilon, a podcast about Doctor Who. I'll buy 12. Actually, it's free. I'll buy 13, then. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.